Hey everyone, this is Heidi Kumjan. Thank you for being here on Lifelong. I have a little update for you. I have a new offering. While I am not seeing clients one-on-one in the holistic health coaching space anymore, I am now working as a consultant for Better For You Brands helping them strategically market to increase their sales. So I'll share more about that in a later episode, but I just wanted to give y'all a little update about what's been going on on my end. And it has been so fun to combine my passions of non-toxic and holistic living with marketing. And these are the areas that not only my passions lie, but also my expertise. So It has been so much fun. This, of course, doesn't change anything for Lifelong. Lifelong podcast is still going to be the same. I am bringing on even more exciting guests, some returning guests, a lot of new guests this year. I couldn't be more excited. Also, my team is growing over at Lifelong. I'm actually looking to hire a podcast producer. If you know anyone, please feel free to send me an email, Heidi at holisticwithheidi.com. That being said, if you're not already subscribed, please make sure you take a second right now. Go hit that subscribe button. And while we're at it, reviews mean so much to me. You know, if you're a small business, if you're someone really just trying to get good information out there, one of the best things that people can do to help those small business owners out is to take one minute and leave a review and a rating. And that helps get the word out about the podcast, helps me reach more people, helps me help more people for free. And all in all, it's it's a win-win. So I would really appreciate that. And now for today's guest, who happens to be an Instagram superstar, that's of course how I found her page and her practice, is Dr. Stacy Baker. Dr. Stacy is a traditional naturopath who specializes in functional medicine. After suffering from chronic illness most of her life, she finally found relief in using a holistic approach. Discovering functional medicine had been life-changing for her, and she's set forth to help as many people as possible regain their health, and with that, their quality of life. Dr. Stacy has been in the health and wellness sphere for close to 15 years. In fact, she holds several functional medical certifications, a master's in holistic nutrition, and is constantly finding new ways to learn and grow more so that she can continue to support not only her health, but also the health of her patients in her practice, Vibe Wellness. With that, please join me in welcoming Dr. Stacy. So I wanted to just jump right into it because people have been saying everything is a chemical. I shouldn't make these changes. Everything is a chemical. Everything's a carcinogen. I'm going to die. We're all going to die. Like, this doesn't matter. How do you respond to that, Dr. Stacy? 
Um, yeah, I mean, there are those people who are like, oh, well, you can't live in a bubble forever. And it's like, no, that's not what I'm telling you, uh, you need to do. I'm just telling you, you know, I always say my goal is not to make you afraid of your environment. It's, it's important to be aware of them. And if you're someone who is dealing with chronic health issues or chronic illness, and you're trying to figure out the why, um, you know, you need to look at your toxin load, because it is the reason that your terrain is a allowing your body to be chronically ill. So it's so important. And no, you can't avoid everything, but you have to look at your body's natural detoxification pathways and know how to move things out because we live in such a chronically toxic world that it's more than just our liver and kidneys can handle these days, right? We have mm-hmm. stuck lymph, we have, you know, all, all of our other drains, uh, um, chronic constipation, gut issues, all of these things that are, that are happening. And so it's obviously more than our body's de- detoxification system can process. So you have to guide that process along to really be able to have that state of optimal health these days. Mm. Yeah, I know. It's wild to think that our bodies can just become so overburdened, our organs, our pathways of detoxification, they're supposed to work. We're designed Mm -hmm. beautifully and perfectly. Like, Don't get me wrong. That is how we were designed, but we weren't designed to handle this level of toxins and this level of chemicals. So like, how do we get people to understand that this is a really big problem. Like, I feel that within our community, the non-toxic and the holistic community, some parts of the wellness community, they understand that, hey, this is really prevalent and this is a big problem. But there are a lot of other people that they, they just don't think it matters. They don't really care that their liver or their lymph are not working properly. And it's not that we want to, you know, try to sell something to anyone or try to change everyone's, you know, view. Not everyone is is open to this information and and that is okay to an extent. But I guess what is like the happy medium in your eyes? Well, I think one reason why there's so much, um, you know, like just not ability to really make the, the connections are never made, right? You're not made with your practitioner. You're not taught these things. And we have these influxes of things like hormone issues and thyroid issues and all of these things that are, you know, we accept as being problematic in our culture today, but the connections, like I said, are not being made. The thyroid with the things like heavy metals and and, um, halogens and things like that, that are disrupting the thyroids or dioxins and parabens and phthalates that are are disrupting the hormone systems and causing things like infertility and uh, estrogen dominance, which is contributing to the increase in breast cancer and other things like that. The connections aren't there. And so that's why it's one of those things that it's really, we're here waiting for the studies and waiting for the science and the studies are there. They're just not in the, in the, you know, mainstream. And so we sit back and we wait and yet we forget that science has this 20 year lag you know, so we're going through rounds of IVF and spending tens and, you know, 20,000s of dollars every round we're doing it. And you have to follow the money, you know, you have to follow like, who's, you know, 
who's making more money if you do have breast cancer or have to go through infertility and things like that. That's why this stuff is not being put in the, in the mainstream because they're making more money, the less, you know, you know, so it's really important to start making yourself aware. And if all you can do right now is just switch to things like organic food or, you know what I mean? Or start being cognizant of the chemicals and the products that you have in your home. You're doing something. You're lessening your load in some way, um, you know, and, and supporting your body's detox systems in that way. Yeah, I know. And even like the small changes, those become profound over time. Not even mm-hmm. a long time, because if you're making sure. the, you know, you're swapping out your cleaning products and then you're mm-hmm. swapping out your makeup. Next thing you know, you're dramatically reducing your exposure to toxins within mm-hmm. your own home. Yes, you'll be exposed out in the the world outside of your home. Right. If we spend, but your liver can play catch up a little bit at that point, you know, and your other yeah. drainage pathways can. They'll have a little. The more energy you're freeing up, the more energy your body can put into detoxing the rest that's kind of lingering there. Yeah, I love that. That's true. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Speaking of toxins, and I know you were kind of mentioning some of them in regard to the thyroid, but what are some of the most prevalent toxins that you're seeing in maybe in your practice or just in general? Yeah. So I got, it's so funny. I was just talking to someone at the coffee shop a week or so ago and they, they asked me the same question and (laughs) um, (laughs) I know, Uh, don't get me like started on all this stuff out in public because I'll just talk your ear off. But um, so heavy heavy (laughs) metals, give me a mic. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So heavy metals across the board um, are, are underlying. I have, there is yet a patient I have tested that does not have levels of heavy metals in their body. Um, heavy metals, um, organophosphates. So glyphosate, pesticides, herbicides, those are extremely disruptive. Um, they chelate our, our nutrients. So they cause nutrient deficiencies, which leads us to other issues. They affect our microbiome, um, which like you said, is it's going to cause inflammation. It's going to cause more, more problems. Um, those are the two biggest ones that I see. And then of course, um, the endocrine disruptors like parabens, phthalates, dioxins, things like that, that are going to go straight for, uh, your, your hormones, so to speak, are, those are, those are probably the top three that I see consistently across the board. Hmm. And what are some of the, I guess, most adverse health effects of those? I know you listed out sure. a few, but with heavy metals, I, I'd like, I guess, to tell the audience yeah. a little bit more, like, why should you care about heavy metals? Because they're free. Well, heavy, <laughs> yeah, heavy metals, they're going to disrupt uh, your nervous system. They're going to cause demyelination of your nerves. Uh, so they're going to affect your brain's uh, ability to regrow and regenerate. Um, so people with things like anxiety, depression, uh, ADD, ADHD, um, even autism spectrum, you know, you're going to see heavy metals in the picture because it's, it's disruptive of those pathways. Um, (laughs) the, like I said, the parabens, dioxins, uh, phthalates, things like that are going to go straight to your hormones. So women, especially, but even, I even see men, uh, with, um, estrogen dominance and things like that, just because of their extreme exposure to some of these endocrine disrupting. So they mimic our hormones in our body. So we see such an increase in, um, 
in estrogen dominance, well, that that's, you know, that's going to lead us to more of a likelihood to have uh, estrogen dominant cancers in the future. So these are carcinogens, they're neurotoxic, uh, you know, they, they disrupt every system in the body and they're going to, you know, alter the gut microbiome as well. So you're going to be absorbing less vitamins and minerals in all the food you eat. So it's just one thing after another. It's kind of the snowball effect that happens in your body when you're exposed to them. Mm-hmm. Did you see the research by Dr. Shauna Swan with phthalates? Not recently, no. Mm-mm. So she is a epidemiologist, I think, reproductive epidemiologist, uh-huh. something like that, out at Mount Sinai in New York. And she did a longitudinal study on um, males and their sperm count. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, it's dropped... in the last, I believe, 20 years, and it's projected to be zero at year 2040. And I was kind of thinking, I'm like, is this what it's going to take to wake up the masses? Or are we just going to keep creating these, you know, fertility clinics and pharmaceutical solutions to I don't know. It really weirds me out when I start thinking I, about it. Like, <laughs> I just had this conversation with my husband a few weeks ago because I was talking, I get so fired up about, um, you know, I work with a lot of autism spectrum children. And when I see the gut issues that happen, I see the heavy metal toxicity and things that drive that. Um, you know, we're projected to be one in two males by 2050 have autism. So what, so what's going to happen when we have a whole generation of men, you know, that's our future. Those are our future leaders, our future, you know, everything. And so is it going to get to that point where it's one in two males? Because you're talking about male fertility. Well, what about when they're, you know, have autism, you know, autism spectrum disorder, uh, that's a pretty profound number. And, And we're, we're slowly climbing to get there, which is terrifying. So what is it going to take to wake people up? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it takes getting there, but that's why I always say, if you wait for the studies, you're going to do a lot of damage in the meantime, because all of that stuff is not going to be uh, put in front of you in, in the media. You have to look at what is actually happening in your environment. You look mm-hmm. around and you mm-hmm. see kids. Uh, I get really fired up about kids because their their diseases are have they've quadrupled. Uh, we're up to 400% increase in childhood diseases. And don't tell me that that's not connected to their environments and their exposures. The statistics in big, bold letters on the CDC's website say one in three people right now, like in 2022, one in three people in their lifetime will face cancer. Mm -hmm. I was watching a show the other day and they said, um, this, this husband was concerned that he was getting cancer or he had some tests done and he thought he maybe had cancer. And the wife said, Oh, it doesn't matter. There's so many improvements for that these days. There's so many therapies like cancer. Everyone gets cancer. I'm like, Oh my gosh. The fact that (sighs) now it's just like, Oh, so Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. We all just like maybe get cancer. Like this is not not good. Yeah. And like we get fired up, you and I get mm-hmm. fired up. Other people in this community get fired up because we want 
a better tomorrow. We want Mm -hmm. a better future for our children and our children's children, but we're facing a population crisis in a way and just Mm -hmm. health crisis. And, oh, well, it's like I said, you follow the money and you follow, um, you know, the more reliant we can be on the system and medications and drugs and things like that, the better as far as the people who are running things. And, um, and we are living proof of that. You know, they're trying to make from an early age our, our children uh, perpetual consumers of these pharmaceuticals uh, because of all the interventions they do with children. And it's just one thing after another. And they have even more interventions than we ever had. You know, so it's just, it's acquiring from such a younger and younger age. And now we get to the point where we have a mother who has a toxin load that's completely full. And then they have a child who has health conditions because of their toxin load being high. And then we start the same effect with our kids. I mean, they're showing, uh, you know, chemicals and microplastics in the umbilical cords, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's where we're at now. So kids don't have a chance with their immunity at this point. Um, and I'm so thankful that I'm having more and more moms come and work with me and detoxing their bodies before they give birth. And they're learning more about that. So that does make me happy. Um, I wish I would have known more about this before I had children, but you know, I've, I at least know what I'm doing and can help my kids detox from some of the stuff that I had lingering when I had them. Uh, but it is not something that we're taught, you know, and then we, with the IVF and all the, um, infertility epidemic, we're thrown with even more drugs and more hormones and more disruption. So we're weakening the mother's system even more to start. And what do you think that's going to do to the baby? This just can't go on. And it's a business that's very obvious. I mean, why -hmm. would you want to get rid of your customer? You know, why would you want a cure? Why would you want solutions? Why would you want to empower the woman to take care of her body, address toxicities, and be able to conceive a child naturally yeah. without IVF. Right. So and in and, and Western Medi- you know, both of my parents are MDs. They when they went to school, um, you know, probably graduated in the 80s at some point, they were not Uh, it was not the way it is now. It wasn't just, I'm going to diagnose you and get match up a prescription for you. You know, there was some lifestyle dialogue and there was some, you know, somewhat of, you know, time spent with the patients and it's just not anymore. It's a revolving door because there's so many, right? Because now we have so many sick people. Uh, Doctors aren't really even taught these things anymore. What lifestyle and nutrition and things like that matter. They're just matching a diagnosis with a prescription. And, and that's enough for a lot of people because they feel at least validated like, okay, there is something wrong with me. And now I have this prescription that will fix it. Mm -hmm. That's what they think. And they're sent on their way. And until the next or the side effect from that prescription comes, comes up, then they, you know, kind of lay low until they need another one. And that's Mm -hmm. just how the cycle continues. Mm. I know. It's a terrible, terrible cycle. But I do feel that more and more people are waking up to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, even the most skeptical people of like the whole I'm thinking of the people in my life that are the most skeptical to holistic health quote unquote mm-hmm. I've even seen them evolve greatly in the That's last good. couple of years just because yeah. of 
you know, a certain yeah. virus <laughs> that's in yeah. our No, it has. World, it has, though. So. And it's such a, yeah. And that's, I think that's one reason why I don't feel the doom and gloom because I see this awakening happening. Yeah. And I know, yeah. like, I'm busy. Like, I am booked out, you know, uh, months and months and months because there is such a need for uh, this this all of a sudden turning point for people who are kind of waking up and getting in touch with their bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that so much and I'm so thankful to be a part of it. And yes, the virus did fine tune that for a lot of us, you know, Mm -hmm. and it, it made a lot of us think, uh, maybe things aren't exactly the way that they are portrayed. Right. And so if you hadn't already second guessed things before that definitely was going to push you to the, the, the edge of saying, all right, I'm going to start making my own decisions. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with you. And like the doom and gloom, there's a time and place for the doom and gloom. But at the end of the day, I think I think it's all going to work out because of oh, yeah. the the people like you and people sharing good information. And this is a a positive to social media. I think social media sure. has just brought a lot of um, better voices out. And in mm-hmm. the open, just good information being shared and making it more accessible. Like I'm always trying to make non-toxic living accessible for all because not mm-hmm. everyone can work one-on-one with a practitioner sure, um, or not everyone can afford to buy the sauna or the organic mattress. But mm-hmm. I try to, I'm trying to empower people to make these decisions at a small scale and then eventually they are able to they they see the changes and maybe they're able to afford that mattress later on because they saved Mm -hmm. up for it because it was important to them and in the meantime they're able to consume free content like Mm -hmm. podcasts and instagram posts and blog posts where where they can learn this information too if they don't have the the money or the accessibility so definitely I want to shift gears slightly and I'd like to go into breast implant illness because this is another thing that is through social media, at least I've seen gain a lot of traction. Mm -hmm. I actually have a friend who was very, very, very affected by breast implant illness. And she was telling me that there's a Facebook group that she's a part of that has over 40,000 or Mm 60,000. I can't remember. It has dozens of thousands of people in it and these stories. So tell the audience a little bit more about breast implant illness, what it is and yeah, anything you want to share there. Sure. Yeah. So it's been part of my journey as well. So I had breast implants for close to 10 years. I was actually, um, before I really put two and two together, I was actually getting ready to just like replace them, you know, like, Mm. Oh, just get some new ones, you know, it's kind of getting to that shelf life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad I didn't do that because that would have been two surgeries and then an undo. Yeah. My husband would have not been happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but 
we, uh, so basically I got him in my twenties and I never really put two and two together, but every year I was adding on more symptoms. Now, don't get me wrong. I had quite the toxin load before breast implant illness. I was raised on a farm that was sprayed with glyphosate. Uh, we did not eat organic food. I was raised on sugar and processed food, um, had multiple, uh, you know, lots of dental work, lots of antibiotic use. Uh, so I already had quite the, uh, compromised system. But for me, once I got the breast implants, things got rolling pretty quickly. I had hypothyroidism. I got, I had vertigo. I would have aura migraines. I, um, all of a sudden, uh, would have hypoglycemia. I would have, um, uh, inability to metabolize caffeine and alcohol. And this was, you know, my early twenties, which was kind of weird. You know, usually that doesn't happen till later in life when your liver is kind of stuck and stagnant. But so all of these things were, were kind of piling up and I had had two children in the, in the whole time span. And eventually, you know, and I think it was that Facebook group, the, um, you know, healing with breast implant illness that, I would go there, I feel like every few years and kind of look at the symptoms and be like, oh, I mean, I only have a few of these. So hmm. uh, probably not it. You know, it's just like we live in a state of denial a little bit. And we're like also thinking, I, I don't want to pay $10,000 to have these removed, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because insurance is not going to cover it. And that's mm-hmm. why it's not a diagnosable thing. Because the minute it becomes diagnosable, insurance is going to have to cover all these explant surgeries. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me... I finally made the connection and, you know, was learning more and more about it. And I, I just looked at my husband one night and I was just kind of crying. And I was like, you know, I feel like I have, like, it was part of my journey. I already felt a little bit better in some ways, but for me, it was a constant hit to your immune system, right? You have a foreign object in there. Your body's reacting to it. They are full of toxins. It's not just silicone. It's not just saline. There's 200 plus chemicals that are neurotoxic, carcinogenic, um, you know, all the above endocrine disruptive and they're causing havoc in your system. So someone who doesn't have a very high toxin load, they could be okay for a little bit, you know, like maybe it's not really like such a dramatic hit. And those are usually the people who like, when they get them removed, feel immediately better. Like, Oh, I I'm, I feel great the next day. Hmm. But for me, that wasn't me. I got them removed and I you know, physically felt better. My back didn't hurt. I could breathe deeper, things like that, but I still had so much work to do. And I really had to address the toxin load that those added onto my system along with the gut imbalances and all of the other things that had to happen just because of my immune system being challenged for so long. So it's a huge part of my journey. I have a lot of breast implant uh, clients that I, I work with too, because a lot of them too didn't feel better after explant. So they just need to take their healing a step, you know, a step deeper. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing your story and also sure. explaining. I didn't even know there were 200 chemicals in. I, it's probably more than that by yeah, now, honestly. Yeah. And I mine s- were on the list of um, not, they weren't. Okay. So this is kind of weird because there was a recall list, but they still wouldn't pay to have them removed. But there was a recall list and they were the ones that were uh, causing lymphoma in women. But here's the thing. There's a statute of limitation. So once it's been past 10 years, they don't have to tell you. Oh, so my gosh. Yeah. So that was the thing. It's like I had the same brand and the same style, but I was never notified on, you know, if those were on recall because it was past that uh, time frame, which is. How can disgusting. they do that? 
Rules oh are rules. Oh my gosh, it's still in your body. The statute of limitations. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And don't they now, or I saw something, isn't there a black box label? There's what a is black the- box warning. Finally, finally, just finally. this year. Yeah. yeah. And but how think long about have, all the, have right. they, how long have breast implants been since a thing? Since the 60s. Mm-hmm. Since the 60s. Oh, geez, but they've please. only, but I, but I do tell people when, you know, they're asking about the women who got them early on. Honestly, that's not the generations that's being as affected. It's more my age, you know, 30s to 40s. Um, because I think that the ones they're using in that time frame are way more toxic than the old school mm-hmm. implants. And like I said, those people, maybe their toxin load is not quite as full, but here us in our thirties and forties are having so many symptoms already. And then we get the implants and then right. it's just a cascade just of events. adds to the, the mm-hmm. toxic bucket. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I saw this influencer on promoting <laughs> promote I don't I don't even think I follow them now I'm weirding myself out like how did I ever stumble it's probably suggested or something across this content but this (laughs) because this woman was promoting her breast implants like Mm. it was a sponsored post by the whatever company it was you know all the random letters to make up a medical company name Mm-hmm. And pharmaceutical company name and her whole caption was about how these are the first breast implant brand it's the first breast implant brand that is super safe and healthy for mm-hmm. your body and it's like i don't think she used the word non-toxic but tried to explain <laughs> that they were probably so yeah. healthy and she's been concerned about getting breast implants because she knows that they can be toxic and she's so glad there's this new brand that is good interesting and i'm like can there really can there really be a good brand because it's a foreign object in your body. It's a foreign you know? object. And here's the thing, which I've seen so commonly um, is that women who have um, mastectomies, you know, for breast cancer and things like that, when they put their implants in, a lot of times their bodies will reject them. And that's just because their immune system is so shunted from the cancer and the cancer therapies and things like that. And then they're trying to stick implants in them and and they will immediately, like like within a week or a few days, their bodies will immediately uh, reject them. So that's a pretty clear sign. You know, it's, it's, it's too much, you know, your toxin load is way too great, but yeah, it's something I've seen more commonly than, um, than I should, should, you know, at this point, but yeah, it's something that's definitely notable that I'm seeing more and more of. What is it? This is maybe a graphic question and excuse my ignorance. What does it mean that the body rejected them? Like, do they move? Um, like, they dislodge? Actually, like their, their incisions would not heal and their body would literally try to push it out. So they would, their incisions wow. would stay open the body or they so would smart. have severe infections. Yeah. The body is smart. Um, yeah. and that's one thing like I was, you know, the only warnings I was given was you could have capsular contracture, which is where you have that capsule that forms, which everybody has a capsule that forms, which is what they, nobody ever told me that, but it's when that capsule will harden, like your body's rejecting mm. the implant. And so that was the one thing. And then of course, any, um, any things that could happen during the surgery, those were the only 
warnings I had going into it. If I would have had the, you know, uh, the encyclopedia of things that could have happened, you know, handed to me, I probably wouldn't have gotten them, you know, from the, from the get go. And that's unfortunate that it, it wasn't truly informed consent. Yeah. Wow. That's, it's wild. I mean, at least there's now a label. <laughs> not yeah. that I think that's probably not going to be really promoted towards the people that are showing up to get their breast implants, but. Well, um, and it won't, it won't, yeah, definitely won't be a, um, I, I, you know, when someone thinks that that's a missing link in their life and they rely on that for their happiness or their fulfillment, and they think that's the one missing thing. And that was for me, you know, I just thought it was one of the only things I couldn't change about my body. So it was going to make me, it was going to make everything perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if that's really your driving force, um, would a black box label stop you? Probably not because you, you still think, oh, that's not going to be me, you know, Mm -hmm. and your doctor's going to tell you, oh, it's so not common, you Mm -hmm. know? And so Mm -hmm. it's, uh, that's, that's every, I mean, you know, sm- look at the Surgeon General warning on smoking. Does that really deter anyone? No, they they're still going to do what right. they want to do, yeah. or alcohol, or whatever it is. So, um, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't hold that much merit unless the people putting them in are actually saying, "Hey, this actually like fifty percent of my patients are having issues with these." Mm. But you know, are they coming out and saying that? No. <laughs> How do you feel about um, the? lesser toxic option of like a fat transfer um you know i i don't know anything about this subject at all by the way yeah (laughs) my questions are totally out of so a couple things so if it's post explant so if you kept your capsules in to have a fat transfer i don't think that's beneficial because the capsule that formed is going to is going to be the tissue that's holding on all those toxins in your body and so mm. a lot of times doctor will tell you like yeah we can do a fat transfer if you're worried about size but we have to keep those capsules in that's not mm-hmm. recommended because you're still keeping those toxins in your body, right? And right. then you're filling it with your own fat. Um, so not ideal. I had actually act, asked about a fat transfer when I had, because I was was worried about my size. I was like an A cup before I had my implants. And then I was worried, you know, what, what I would have left afterwards. But he told me, he said, you know, you're going to have drains after the surgery. And if you do a fat transfer at the same time and you don't keep the capsules in, those drains are going to drain all the fat that you're trying to put in there. So it's kind Mm. of silly unless you're leaving the capsules. And I said, well, I'm not going to go through this surgery and leave those in there because I I feel like it's kind of dumb. So (laughs) so, uh, so in that case, right, right. I just, it's a lot of money and it's a lot of uh, recovery, you know, for someone who's already sick to a certain, and that's the, the other point I want to make. A surgery is still a trauma to the body. Um, it's still, um, a lot, the anesthesia, a, a lot of exposure, a lot of, uh, recovery time that a lot of people don't have, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people are already stuck in survival mode. They're not in that rest and reparative mode. And then they want to do a surgery, and um, their bodies are catabolic. So mm-hmm. are you really in a good place where you can do a surgery? A fat transfer obviously would be way less invasive than putting a foreign mm-hmm. object in the body, but it's still a trauma and it's still an exposure. So you just have to weigh it out and look at your toxin load, look at your lifestyle, look at your stress load, you know, and see if it's, it's, if it's worth, you know, worth the trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I remember reading something about, <clears throat> excuse me, about it disturbing 
your fascia too and sure. the whole energy. meridians. Yeah, the yeah. meridians, yeah. the whole mm-hmm. energy side of it too is is interesting. But well anytime yeah. you have a scar, you're you're disrupting your fascia and your um your you know, your meridians and your lymphatic movement and things like that. So those are all things that need to be considered. And, uh, you know, a lot of women who are post, um, explant do the thermography and you can see where your lymph gets stuck and where you cannot, where it doesn't move anymore. And, and Mm. when, when you have stuck lymph, you have stuck toxins because that's what Mm -hmm. moves our toxins out. Mm -hmm. That's wild. I actually thinking back to, I have a scar on my foot, a table, like a ping pong table. I was babysitting. It was crazy. It was like two weeks before I started college. It wasn't even like a fun thing, but I was babysitting and like the kid broke the table and the the corner of the table somehow perfectly hit my heel and caught so deep into my heel and the scar is is terrible. I still have it to this day, like 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I should have gotten stitches for, but I was a teenager and I'm like, oh, I don't need that. Band-Aid's fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing, I remember it wouldn't heal. It was the like the most disgusting cut. I remember starting college and I still had this cut. And then three weeks into college was when all of my like severe health problems started mm-hmm. and accelerated. And I'm not saying, oh, it's just from this cut. It was, I had a new environment. I had a lot of stress. I was exposed to mold without knowing it, dust, bunch of different exposures. But I'm like, I'm sure that cut and that scar didn't didn't help what I was about to face when I went off to college. So, Well, that was a pretty clear sign that your immune system was already being, you know, already being uh impaired right if you can't heal from something and that was another thing like i had even had root canals which i you know regret now but root canals that would not heal so you know chronic tooth infections and things like that that when i had my implants wouldn't heal and it was just a sign that my immune system was working on too much at the time and so you're not going to heal you're going to have frequent illness you know and an inability to heal from even something simple as a cut you know, yeah. when your immune system is being challenged like that. Yeah, that's so true. Now I need to like look at this scar, make sure. <laughs> oh yeah, it's still there. Yeah. Still there. Um, so what are some of your favorite non-toxic living tips? Maybe some let's do favorite non-toxic tips, and then if you could include some that are free or low cost as well, that would be really cool. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I mean, uh, I I think it's always important to look at, I always tell my clients to start with your consistent exposure. So your food and your water, you know, and water's loaded with heavy metals and pharmaceuticals and halogens and things like we were talking about. Um, So, you know, if you can't afford a home, you know, distillation, uh, you know, service or something like that, then, you know, drinking distilled water is an easy thing that everyone, you know, can do. And you can at least know that you're having pure clean water and you can restructure it from there. Um, that alone can make someone's health like day and night, just drinking clean water. 
Um, and then when it comes to eating organic, I, I always say go full organic, but there is the dirty dozen and the clean 15. So, you know, you can navigate those things, but, uh, like I said, food is your constant exposure. And I, I know that anytime there's glyphosate or, um, organophosphates involved, you're looking at nutrient deficiencies and alterations in the gut microbiome. So if you have to choose between eating organic and fully or getting that home sauna, maybe you just need to focus on the food right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but then as far as supporting detoxification, um, even things as simple as Epsom salt baths and having ginger tea before them to move your lymphatic system or self lymph massage or dry brushing, which is so inexpensive, um, before an Epsom salt bath or before you sweat. So before a workout or, um, you know, if you do have a sauna or access to a sauna, um, dry brushing and using binders just to get, um, more out of that is going to be super supportive. Um, another thing I like that everyone can do that you're not going to react to really is having a castor oil pack. So using that on your liver, um, uh, you could do it nightly and, and it would be fine. And it's just going to help lower inflammation and, and support glutathione production. So those are some easy things that I think everyone can do. Hmm. I love it. I love doing all of those, by the way, yeah. I did awesome castor oil pack and an Epsom salt bath this weekend. I actually did. Oh, two. nice. Yeah. Um, That's and awesome. what else? The water. I have a distiller. So Good. distilled water is great. Restructuring. Yep. Do you use something to restructure your water? Um, so either, um, uh, so I use Cellcor minerals to restructure, but you could use trace minerals. You could even use a high quality sea salt. Um, so I'm a little fanatic when it comes to my water. So I, I um, restructure it with minerals and I also use the uh, Amayu Swirler, which is an aerator. So I cool. use that too. So yeah. I have, I have lots of phases of water. <laughs> well, I'm almost on your level because I do the cell core minerals once mm -hmm. a day. And then I, in every other glass, I do Redmond Real Salt, like a little yeah. dash of that. But mm -hmm. I really want to get one of those uh, like... Orby looking, uh huh. They're so spinner, cool. spinner they, things. They change the taste <laughs> of the water. They really do. They make the water just really, really light and airy. Um, yeah, the kids, call, my kids call it fluffy water. It just, it does. It feels so light, and it's, it's the way water's supposed to be, right? Our water's yeah. so just like flat and blah. Uh -huh. We're supposed to have water from like mountain fall, you know, waterfalls, mm -hmm. and like you know, coming from the streams and have air in it. And so it does do a really great job of recreating nature in that way. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. My, my mom showed me too. There's some crystal, crystal yeah, energy there's... drops or something you can put in your water too that restructures it and it makes mm -hmm. the water wetter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. Well, do you yeah. have any final resources you want to share? Where can everyone find you? Anything yeah, new and exciting you want to share about? Sure. So I, um, I put most of my energy into Instagram. Uh, so you can find me on there at drstacy.nd. Um, and I have a podcast as well, Vibing Well with Dr. Stacy. I, it's about, about biweekly ish. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's just me on there. So, uh, I do try to answer questions that I get asked frequently and things like that go over root causes of things. Um, and then I am in the process of creating an app. Like you said, there's such a, um, 
population of people who can't afford or don't want to do the one-on-one with somebody or can't really commit to that. Um, So I am in the process of creating an app where I have a membership and that sort of thing where people can still work with me in a way um, without having to pay the price of the one-on-one. Ooh, that's so exciting. Yeah. I'm excited lots for of fun you. Things. Yeah, thank sh- you. I'll be sure to link your Instagram and you. everything in the show notes. So awesome. But you'll have to keep thank me posted so on when that goes live. Sure. Because that sounds super cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.